welcome to this very special edition of Quantum Conversations. This now moment is what we have all been waiting for. We are in a vibrational reality, moving in an ascension cycle. That means our vibration, our energy, our thoughts, our creations, our state of being is here in this now moment, creating our reality. On a cosmic level, we're being assisted with great planetary alignments, retrogrades, and conjunctions that are offering great opportunities for transformation, for doing things, all things, in a new way. That way is love, heart-based love, heart consciousness, living in the heart. The events that unfolded in the first week of January 2021 is an indication of the great December solstice which occurred near zero degrees Aquarius on December 21st, 2020, as the planet became fully anchored 100% in unity consciousness. And everything that was not in unity consciousness is coming up for a restructuring. And this is the radical shift that's happening on our planet. We see the old system collapsing right now, but we have truly moved into a new era, living from the heart vibration, the love vibration, and living in unity consciousness, where we actually can perceive that we're all interconnected. We're all part of this grand unified field. We all have light moving through all of us and we're all able to take care of each other in a way that we've not been able to do before. Ascension Way Shower Meg Benedicte. And yet also at this time, we can assist the collective. Jean Ang of the Arcturian Healing Frequencies says, hold our intention for the next 14 days or so, for peace and balance. If people were thinking of an intention, particularly around the events, of course, here going on in the United States, is to have things be balanced. So when things are very unbalanced, you have kind of what's being manifested in the news or you know what's happening in the physical. The place, rather than to look at specifics, is to almost like place a scale into the energetic information pattern so that things rebalance themselves. And then you leave it up to, you know, these greater forces that are involved, positive greater forces, and they'll assist in bringing that about with our intention there and our energy. We're seeing the collective release density of generations of pain and trauma. Yet this is also a personal journey. We are and we have been releasing a whole lot of density. And by doing so, we not only help ourselves, but we can assist others to release density as well. Indeed, this is why we came. This is why we incarnated. And we are now in it. We definitely have the tools 
Some of my favorite are the violet flame, blazing the violet flame to remove any distortions of things that are not divine. And also the wonderful Hawaiian forgiveness prayer of the Ho'oponopono, four simple sentences that can transmute in an instant and bring healing on multidimensional levels, even manifesting those changes in the physical world. Those four phrases of the Ho'oponopono, I love you, thank you, forgive me, I'm sorry. And as we watch the events in the collective in the United States at the capital of Washington, D.C., we can use the Ho'oponopono to transmute the polarization. At times we would say, why would I say, forgive me, I'm sorry, when we may feel wronged, traumatized, wounded, abused. When we're in a place of balance, a higher perspective, we can use the Ho'oponopono to transmute the energies in the collective so as you say the four simple but powerful phrases in any order that you seek i'm sorry forgive me thank you i love you this has a profound effect on restoring and maintaining balance and love in the collective thank you for using the divine violet flame to transmute negative energies, and for saying the Ho'oponopono for not only ourselves, our families, but the entire globe and humanity. As many of you know, because of your own journey, we have been doing this work to raise our own vibrations, to clear out density, all trauma, abuse, and old programming that no longer serves in the higher frequencies that we're moving into. And many light workers chose incarnations with heavy loads of trauma and abuse to transmute and transcend. As we all take this journey back to love, we return to love. We heal ourselves and we also heal others. As we watch the events unfold in the collective, we indeed are hearing now our elected leaders calling for unity, compassion, respect, consideration this is a shift and with open hearts we maintain balance and neutrality neutrality of love it's not that we're not caring but we understand the power of our love staying centered in the heart is truly the key and the doorway begins with meditation Spiritual teacher and Course in Miracles expert, Marianne Williamson, boldly brought her voice into the mainstream by politicizing love as she ran as a Democratic candidate in the U.S. presidential election 
of 2020. Her inspirational message was received by the media as something no one else was talking about, and she opened the door in a return to love in politics. Speaking on Saturday Night Alive for the Peace Tribe, which was broadcast on New Earth One Network, Marianne says that the still, small voice within, otherwise known as your intuition, is a guidance system, which is the angelic world and the voice of God, source, all that is, beaming to us the thoughts of God. Here's Marianne Williamson. Course in Miracles, when it talks about angels, it says angels are the thoughts of God. And the Course in Miracles says that there, there is in both Christianity and in Judaism, there is the concept of what's called the small, still voice within. So this idea that there's a, an actual voice for God, the Christians call it the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Course in Miracles calls it the voice for God. Judaism, it's a small, still voice for in, within. And, you know, even people without any kind of a religious or spiritual context, of course, talk about it as deep intuition. The idea that there is a guidance system, that the idea of the angels talking to us means the thoughts of God are constantly beaming in. But what the Course in Miracles says is that the ego mind, which is the thought system of fear, which has dominated this planet for millions of years in time as we know it, the Course in Miracles says the ego speaks first and the ego speaks loudest. So the reason all the great religious and spiritual traditions I've ever read about uh, talk about the importance of the morning, because the morning is when we first download what whichever voice is going to fill, dominate our thinking all day. So if you get up in the morning, especially at a time like this, and go, first thing you do is you go to the, the television, you go to the radio, you go to the computer, you go to your phone, and you just download the consciousness of fear and the filter of fear, then certainly there's no, no mystery why you're depressed by noon. And that's why I think so much of our work for us to really remind people that, you know, you take a bath in the morning or a shower because you don't want to take yesterday's dirt on, you know, with you into the day. But if we don't clean out our, our thought forms through prayer, meditation, whatever our spiritual practice is, then we take this yesterday stress into the day. And of course, today, we're not just taking our own stress, we're taking the stress of certainly everybody in the, in the United States and really millions and millions of people around the world. So this idea of listening to the angels, of Course in Miracles says, if you will spend five minutes with the Holy Spirit, and of course, Holy Spirit, whatever the language, but it says five minutes with the Holy Spirit in the morning will guarantee he will be in charge of your thought forms throughout the day. If I do my meditation in the morning and you learn to be disciplined about it simply because you know what a danger you can be to yourself and others if you don't, it's not like you go through the day thinking, wow, I meditated this morning. But if you don't do it, you go through the day with just a little 
off feeling. And I have just had so many experiences in my life where I just did something stupid. I said something stupid, self-sabotaging. I had an attitude that just turned people off. I did whatever to undermine my experience because that's what your ego is. Your ego is your own self-hatred, but it's masquerading and self-love. So in the moment you think you're doing the cool right thing. And I've asked myself so often, did I, did I not meditate that morning? You know, Blaise Pascal, the late French philosopher said, and he wasn't even speaking in a spiritual or religious context. He said, every problem in the world can be traced to man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. So the idea of the quieting of the mind is so important right now. And I think our work right now, I'll bet you everybody on the screen right now has been at this for years because we've been rehearsing. Right now, the chaos is so great. I don't know how someone with an unprepared nervous system is, is even enduring this moment in history. Because the nervous system uh, that, is, that is created by the ego mind is one of freneticism, hysteria, depression, obsession, addiction, pain, and just what Buddha would call suffering. Connecting to your higher self, listening to the angels, begins with a mere five minutes each morning, which truly is the most important meeting of the day. Just the littlest bit, even that five minutes in the morning, and to learn these principles, you know, and I think people are picking this up right now because of everything going on. All of us need to be a little kinder. I see somebody saying deep breathing, breathe a little more deeply, just be more forgiving, just even, even if you can just even imagine to concentrate on some, that's the training of the Course in Miracles. You're going to focus on someone's guilt because they probably did something wrong. And you've done things wrong too, but you have a choice where you focus. You're going to focus on what they did wrong. You're going to choose to focus on what they did right. You're going to choose to blame them for what they did wrong, or you're going to choose to remember, I can have a grievance or I can have a miracle. I cannot have both. Because the Course in Miracles says where there is love, miracles occur naturally. And the, the miracle is, the Course in Miracles says, it's an intercession from a thought system beyond our own. And that is the angelic manifestation. It's when you listen to the voice of love, the, the voice of forgiveness, the voice that says, what are you here to give rather than what are you here to get? The voice that says, why don't you just lighten up a little? It's the voice that says, just be a little nicer. It's the voice that says, make this, make this a little bit less about you, okay? <laughs> is the voice that says, you know, there's something bigger going on than just your stuff, you know? It's just that voice of the higher, like, stand higher, rise to the occasion. And right now, I believe we need to spend more time acknowledging one another for our strengths, bowing before each other's strengths more, because maybe none of us on this screen are perfect enlightened masters. I know I'm not. But we're a whole lot better than we used to be when we started all this. And as long as we continue to do the work ourselves, always striving to be better, I think the work we're doing is a great gift to the world at this time. 
And anything we do that helps people just remember to be kinder, to forgive, whatever our practice is, to be quieter, to remember that quiet space, that's going to make us wiser. It's going to make us more intelligent. It makes us, it improves our style. It makes us capable of hearing what needs to be said in any given moment. The, the line in the course, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say and to whom? That's the prayer we ask every morning. Where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say and to whom? And if all of us, I believe this with all my heart, if all of us and anyone we can possibly be in contact with, if they can get this message from us, that if all of us just step it up a little, there are enough of us who are already at a point where we just need to step it up, just step it up a little. And if we can teach more and more people, which is what all of us do, how to embrace these principles and seek to live them, then we will endure these chaotic times. We will navigate these turbulent waters. We will get through to the other side. And each of us will have the satisfaction of knowing we did what we could. Ascension Way shower Meg Benedicte explains the effects of the expansion of consciousness. We are opening and expanding our consciousness so fast, so quickly, so multidimensionally that we're beginning to access the fifth dimensional field that is of unity consciousness. And so this is a whole new different way for us to live. We're, think about it, you're moving from polarity, which is this dual opposing force, and we're rising beyond that and living from the heart vibration, the love vibration, and living in unity consciousness where we actually can perceive that we're all interconnected. We're all part of this grand unified field we all have light moving through all of us and we're all able to take care of each other in a way that we've not been able to do before and this is the radical shift that's happening on our planet we see the old system collapsing right now but we have truly moved into a new era and especially even since the solstice and the grand con conjunction of uh, Jupiter and Saturn moving into Aquarius, we are literally activating the Aquarian age where we start to live in unity consciousness. As the density clears and more light comes into our body, we are connected to the higher realms. Meg shares on when Archangel Metatron connected with her and gave her a simple yet profound message. I woke up and he's standing at the end of the bed and illuminating the room and said to me in the most profound frequency I've ever felt that the answer to everything is love. And at that point, this was, you know, over 25 years ago, I couldn't comprehend I had not, I was in so much pain and disconnection myself and struggle. And it was just, at first, I think I even got angry. I'm like, that's the answer to everything is love. What the heck does that mean? And so I had to come from that point to over 
many, many years of healing and doing my own work and, and gradually uh, moving through this process to be able to understand exactly what Metatron was talking about and to get my heart healed and open so I could actually fill with love, radiate love, share love, and use that energy to help me uh, ascend as we're talking uh into higher dimensional access and so this was we're talking about on the planet right now we're all going through this process of filling our hearts with love vibrations so we can move into the fifth dimensional access here's more from meg on how the angelic realm is here to support us particularly archangel metatron with a powerful tool if you are new to Metatron, he is the highest archangel uh, mentioned in the Kabbalah, and he collaborates with the Council of Twelve Tribes, the Root Races, and he stands at the side of the Divine Monad. He oversees the creation of the universe. He's what we call the Master Alchemist, and he also holds the keys to the Galactic Halls of Amente. And this is the living library of all the incarnated souls in this universe. This is what, this is where our Akashics are stored. And this is where our, our soul lineage is and our soul contracts and all of it. And I would have these, uh, you know, hours where we would go to trance and he would take me into the Halls of Amente so that I would be able to understand how things are operating and how we can, with his support and his uh, guidance to go in and heal and mend past karmic incarnations and be able to start to understand more of our soul blueprint, our soul purpose in life. And so this Metatron oversees all of this. He also mentioned in the book of Enoch, if you've read, if you read um, that book by uh, J.J. Hertak, he, he calls him the celestial scribe and purveyor of conscious intelligence. Um, I have experienced in going into other timelines where Metatron was Enoch uh, in the Bible. He was Toth in the ancient mysticism, and I've also experienced him as Merlin in the Druid tradition. So Metatron is, in a way, the one archangel who embodies in a physical incarnation. He comes in, he's able to shapeshift energies, he's able to pop in, and he's able to not only guide us from the celestial realm, but also to influence the world as a human incarnation as well. Uh, as I mentioned, upon my spiritual awakening, he started uh, visiting me. And the first visitation I mentioned to you, the, the second one was pretty profound because um, I woke up in the middle of the night and I felt someone sit on the bed next to me. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, what's happening? You know, I froze <laughs> in panic. And then, of course, felt his frequencies and, and saw his light. And he reached over and he placed his hand on my third eye and on my heart center and activated them so that I would be able to open up my own light body and my own, more of my own psychic ability and heal that heart so I could understand what he was talking about as far as this love vibration that we're here to embody and we're here to share and we're here to bring to the planet as well. And so he teaches the principles of alchemy and he encourages the integration and the union of spirituality and science, metaphysics and physics, 
This is where he's like bringing these different realms together in our holographic universe so that we're able to apply them in our own lives. Now, the gift that Metatron has brought to us, if you've never uh, encountered it or heard of it, it's called the sacred symbol of Metatron's cube. It depicts a container or template of creational geometry and the electromagnetic nature of Genesis in our universe. In its simplest form, as you can see, it's constructed of 12 circles centered around a 13th circle. Got the outer six, the inner six, and then the center circle. And those 12 circles connect to all 12 dimensions of our universe. This actually, when you work with it, opens up your access to all 12 dimensions, as well as all 12 strands of DNA. So this is, again, a creational template beyond anything I feel we can really even imagine. But as we start to work with it, it begins kind of opening up our memory of how we can work as alchemists ourselves. Also embedded in Metatron's cube are the five platonic solids. And if you look real closely, you'll see the star tetrahedron, which is called the Merkaba from the Book of Enoch. And this, again, acts as this organizational structure of molecules and multidimensional access. When you work with Metatron's cube, the star tetrahedron Merkaba begins to rise up into activate in your field. Metatron's cube also activates the quantum vortex. And if you are standing in the center of that, that begins to create a vortex momentum around your field. So we're able to actually unlock time compression. This is the problem that we've all been in in this polarized world of time. It begins to reverse that, begins to unlock it. It also begins to open up your field and unlock particle density so we can actually get in and we can begin to start to change things up, recode ourselves, repattern ourselves, clear trauma, clear density. It activates, as I mentioned, the Mercabactoris around your body in your field. And when you are in this spiraling momentum of the quantum vortex, it's actually increasing your energy frequency, right? You're going into a faster oscillation rate. So everything starts to rise is where we actually can begin to embody these celestial frequencies. And as you use it daily, it starts to transform not only your physical body, but your energy field as well. And so you're clearing out the polarization, clearing out the density and working on upgrading your DNA so that you actually become this sacred vessel for the soul to descend down and in. This quantum vortex, it is a universal tool that we all can use for evolutionary ascension. It's, so it's not only accelerating our ascension, but it's giving us the tool that we can use to kind of spin stuff out, pull soul in, it's really effective, it's very fast, and you start getting used to living in a powerful anti-clockwise spin momentum. You begin to sync up with the nature kingdom, you begin to sync up with even the spin momentum of our planet, which is anti-clockwise. You begin to spin up and connect to the our solar sun, our galactic sun, our great central sun, everything is helping you get back into a rhythm that we have been disconnected from. And so this whole process is helping you literally be the alchemist of yourself. 
you are applying the gift of, of Metatron, our beloved Metatron, in Metatron's cube to, in a sense, reverse the damage that's been done by living in a very polarized, stuck, linear time planetary field. As we break loose of that, we unlock the constriction on our own field. It allows everything to start to evolve very quickly. Your, your dormant multidimensional DNA, your soul DNA, your soul blueprint can begin to activate and you begin to open up your chakra channel. This is your channel up to your higher self, up to spirit, up to the angelic realm. And you begin to become this open receiver, receiving in the guidance, receiving in the transmissions, becoming a crystalline light body that's living as a physical divine human. We are opening and expanding our consciousness so fast, so quickly, so multidimensionally that we're beginning to access the fifth dimensional field that is of unity consciousness. Coming up next, some inspiration from the creator beings who work with Alicia Power. With me is Alicia Power, who channels the creator beings. And we are here to share on how we can truly rise above the fray. Even our community, the spiritual community, can take sides one way or the other. But this is higher than that. It begins with our still, small voice within, higher self connection. And that will give us the guidance that we need. Alicia Power, welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you, Lorraine. Just such a pleasure and a great honor. Thank you so much. You're going to bring the creator beings in to share in this now moment and offer the importance of the higher self connection, but also ways that we can see the world and know that all is well with what's unfolding. Mm -hmm. So the very first really, really important thing that my creator being spirit tutors would like to say right now is that every one of you listening is an ancient being of light and you've arrived here in this physical plane, in this physical dimension for a very powerful reason. And the reason is clarity. The reason is holding your light at a vibration that is so clean and so high that you stay clear in your consciousness. So clarity, what does that look like? What does that mean? That means that when you um, look at your energy systems, for example, and there are many ways to switch on your inner vision and take a look at your, um, the, um, the energy that's sitting in your auric field and when I talk about uh, energy systems, I'm talking about the energy field, the electromagnetic field that's sitting around you, that's interpenetrating you, the aura. So these are your energy systems. So to get clear, to stay clear, 
your number one priority is to maintain the clarity, maintain the light quotient, the vibration level of your electromagnetic field of your aura. So it's a bit like looking in a mirror. And the way to look in a mirror, <clears throat> excuse me, is to imagine that this is a quick visualization I'm going to give everybody here right now, very fast, very simple little uh, useful tool that you can use at any time, which is to imagine that you're a, a little doll version of yourself holding, holding that doll in your hand. And in your mind's eye, in your imagination, pretend completely that you're pushing that doll into a bright sun, an actual bright sun. So pushing it straight into the center of the sun. And instantaneously, like an x-ray, you will be able to see a little bit of shadow maybe showing up because it's you're literally pushing this version of yourself, this little doll version of yourself into the, into a, the brightest light you can imagine. <clears throat> and that shows up whatever occlusions I call them or um, accumulation of shadow in your auric field. There's a reason to do this and to do this regularly throughout the day. Because as soon as you do see any shadow in your auric field in this little X-ray visualization, you can call on angels, on your spirit helpers to come immediately and you can point at that shadow and they will pull it out of your auric field. They do the work. So I'm giving you a little exercise in this in a way to keep yourself clear, to keep yourself aurically clean. Why? Because your aura radiates out constantly. Not only is it attracting uh, your reality to you, <clears throat> but it's also generating your thoughts, your opinions, your perceptions, your misconceptions, your reactions to everything that's happening around you. So someone could say something innocently to you and you might react negatively. It's because you've got an accumulation of shadow in your electromagnetic field. So in a way, this is physics. It's really simple. And so my creator uh, being spirit tutors is saying your number one priority is to keep your electromagnetic field clean so that you're clear, so that you see clearly, so that you, you live your life walking forward every day clearly. And the outcome of that is that you sit comfortably in your heart. And also so that the outcome is that your heart radiates out instead of the shadow radiating out, your heart is radiating out and attracting to you much higher realities in your personal holographic movie that this world is, that this life is. Even physicists now have known for over 50, 60 years that this is a virtual reality experience that we're having. The existential question, are we real? <clears throat> so scientists know that physicality is just a shimmering holographic reality screen. Uh, and so you can generate um, much higher attractor, an attractor field or create an attractor field by maintaining the clarity of your auric field. Not only that, you will maintain a sense of sanity, you'll maintain a sense of equilibrium, a sense of self-love, self-respect, and importantly, joy. Joy is a major technology as a vibratory mechanism. Um, the cleaner your auric field is, the stronger your sense of joy and your interpretation of your external reality 
uh, is an echo chamber. So if you maintain your joy inside yourself, you keep creating realities that are joyful. Now we've just um, been witnessing quite a powerful expression of um, different points of view on this, in this physical world in, in the politics of the day. And uh, you might say, well, it might be difficult to maintain joy. Well, no, it isn't actually. This is about you. This is about you in your microcosm of the macro, macrocosm. It's your uh, prerogative and it's your right to maintain your own joy. It's your right to um, be incredibly disciplined in your own uh, state management. Very, very important because there is this beautiful reality that there's no one here except you in one way. Because when you pass over and you look back at the life that you lived, you will realize that it is a holographic virtual reality experience that you've been in and that there's nobody else here except you. And so in a way, you are kind of controlling by maintaining your own joy, you're controlling your external reality. This is a little concept that you might just want to chew on. And many of you understand this already. But, and it's not just a theory, it's actually physics. And the creative being spirit tutors that I channel have trained me in this now for 30 years. So I'm speaking from dialoguing with them every day for 30 years, um, working in people's electromagnetic fields as a professional energy healer for 30 years, partnering with spirit tutors for 30 years, chatting with them while we're in there looking at people's auric fields for 30 years. So this is a very experienced person talking about this dynamic. So um, I'm just wanting to mention and my spirit tutors, these amazing creator being overseer beings, want to say a very simple thing is that as you walk forward every day in your life, it is your responsibility to lift into self-love, into a sense of gratitude, the vibration of gratitude, into a sense of um, seeing yourself as a vast being of light that's temporarily housed itself in a human form, in a human body, and is walking, talking. Now, from that inner position of seeing yourself as a high being of light, where is the compassion? Where is also the self-respect for yourself in every single thought that you have? and also the compassion for every single human in front of you. And the understanding that we're all in this together, the understanding that every human is struggling with their sense of self. Every human is struggling with maintaining joy. So we're in a training ground. You guys, everyone listening to this, I'm sure knows and has heard this, that this physical dimension is a training ground for masters. It's a classroom for masters. It's a mastery training ground. The mastery is your inner state. That's the mastery. And so my creator being spirit tutors want to say, begin the mastery program to sit safely, calmly, uh, in contentment, in a sense of contentment, in a sense of just using these words repeatedly um, because they're important and it matters because it matters to the mirror. It matters to your personal hologram, a sense of self-respect, a sense of self-love. 
And when you have self-love, it's a recognition moment. It's a self-realization moment. It's a moment of realizing that you are this vast being of light. And so in that realization comes enormous love, enormous, enormous sense of gratitude for your opportunity in this moment to be of service, to radiate love, to radiate your heart, to radiate compassion. This is your opportunity by being a human in this moment. It's not a small thing I'm being told to say right now by these creator beings. It's not a small thing this moment. And it's not a small thing that you've been given this opportunity in this moment as a vast being of light breathing with the lungs of a human and with the prefrontal cortex, with the limbic brain, with this incredible human body, with it, all of its chemistry and biochemistry and its functionality as a human and emotions. It's not a small thing to be sitting in this because you've got an opportunity, you've got a chance to use it to its maximum potential, to its highest, to its highest potential. Or you can sink like a stone in a pond and let go of that potential and become driven, driven by fear, motivated by fear. You can if you want to. It's an opportunity and it's your opportunity to choose. There's another huge training in this classroom for masters and it's choice. That's the training. So at any moment, it's like a thing that's flickering, flickering. It's like hmm, my spirit, these spirit teams that I work with are giving me a visual right now, of like a flag that's flickering in the wind. And at any moment, our capability of choosing is flickering like that. It's flickering between fear and self-realization, fear and self-realization that we are this vast being of light, that we have a sense of empowerment of maintaining our state of self-love. And constantly we're in that choice. And what I'm doing right now is very deliberately pushing that knowledge, the remembering of that back into you, back towards you, is listening to this. Because no matter who you are, no matter what achievements you've had in this lifetime, that is the simple reason you're alive, is to explore those choices of fear or self-love. You see, we're all equal in the face of God, actually. See, we're all equal in the face of God because in that moment is that training. We're all going through the same training, doesn't matter how high our pedestal is in this physical reality, how high our achievements are, how many badges we have, how much money we have. Even if you're in a beautiful relationship and you've just got everything you want in this lifetime, you are still in that training. Everyone, nobody escapes it. And so, as I said, if you want to, you can choose to drop down into fear and explore an experience of deep, deep fear and radiate fear so that what shows up in your holographic reality screen are lower realities. That's the big teaching that my spirit tutors just want to offer right now to everyone listening. It is our vibrational reality. And so as earth is 
anchored fully in unity consciousness, humans were certainly seeing this opportunity, this choice point to be in those higher frequencies into that self-realization, self-love versus fear. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's a wonderful moment. This, you know, because I work with creator beings, these are overseers and they do oversee the flows of vibration that flow around the planet and flow through humanity as a collective. They do oversee them. They don't interact with them unless they're invited, you know, with our free will. And uh, they're saying this is an amazing moment where humanity is poised to choose love and, as you say, unity consciousness and to extend and open their arms to each other. Uh, and to recognize the truth of each other, which is of all humanity and all communities, that everyone is looking for stability, everyone is looking for love, everyone is looking for stability, equanimity. So in the end, yeah. It's a beautiful, it is a beautiful moment and very, very gently, um, you know, extending compassion to each other, to all of us in our different tribes and finding the balance, finding the equanimity together. That's the path now. That's the joy path so that everyone can lift Yes, mm, that's so beautiful and so inspiring and very comforting and soothing, mm -hmm. very soothing. You know, I, I do want to say that these overseer beings, these creative beings have faith in humanity. They're telling me to say, um, they, they're telling me to say that they know who we all are as souls. They can see our souls. They can see the long, long journey our soul has taken to even be incarnate at this moment in time. So they can see the journey we've taken. They can see the huge decision we've all made to be incarnate as humans at this time. And they are like parents who are in a playground in a, in a kindergarten and are trying to break up, you know, a squabble with a couple of kids. And it's like, you guys, you're just beautiful. Can't you see how beautiful you are? You know, it's like these couple of kids and they just want to pick everybody up and give them a hug. And it doesn't matter which side they're on because, and they are saying to me that um, because they know how powerful the souls are, that each of you are, each of us are, um, they know that we can choose higher. They know that we can remember who we are. They have a lot of trust in that. They are capable of nudging and ushering, <laughs> gently, <laughs> gently nudging in directions. They are telling me to say right up front that they nudge in very deliberate ways towards points of decision-making because they want humanity to mature in their decision-making. They want humanity to understand um, that lower vibration is exactly that. It's lower vibration and needs to be seen for what it is. 
and that it can be influential. It can, um, it can hurt, it can lower human reaction into fear. And so it needs to be understood. Lower, lower vibration needs to be understood. It needs to be seen for exactly for what it is. And if it's lowering anyone into fear, then there's a point of choice there. If you can see that, if you're able to see any vibration lowering any human into fear, into fear, then that for you personally, you need to examine that and take understanding from that so that you don't walk into that like a cobweb ever again because your priority is to maintain love. That's your priority. And so it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, my spirit, these incredible overseers are saying, for each of you listening, for each of you humans listening, your job is to grow up and to mature around lower vibration because you are angelic beings. And as they say in therapy, it's important to champion your inner child. And in this case, it's important to champion our angel, our inner angel. It's important to champion that vast light being that we are to champion it, which means that if you walk into the cobweb of lower vibration, which pushes you into fear in that moment, there needs to be a penny drop. There needs to be a realization and an understanding of what just happened. If you put your hand on a hot plate on the stove and withdraw it quickly and it, the pain happens, you need to understand not to do that again. So it's all about your inner state. They, they keep repeating that because they understand how realities work, <laughs> collective realities and individual realities in terms of that holographic virtual reality experience. So they're constantly saying, guys, it's about growing up and understanding what lower vibration really is, its qualities, what it looks like, what it sounds like, coming out of you, coming out of someone else, um, how it hits your radar, how it hits, how it touches you and shifts and changes your thought stream, the way you feel inside of yourself. So it's all about educating yourself around that so that you stay in that pivot point and that still point inside yourself. Mm. Understanding exactly what is around you and what anyone is around you, if they're a lower vibration, um, radiating lower vibration towards you. So understanding what that is, understanding what the characteristics are of lower vibration, being very clear about that. And so their big lesson, their big um, sort of training point, teaching point for you today is to learn about that so that you can champion your inner angel and stay in that higher self, in that still point of your higher self with inside yourself and radiate the highest vibration. That is the service you've come here to do. When you pass over and you stand in front of your teacher, spirit beings, who will show you your lifetime, you will assess yourself. They don't assess you, you assess yourself. And I'm saying to you right now that your service, the reason you've incarnated is to radiate love. It's the single focus of your soul, single focus of why you've birthed into this lifetime. 
Mm. Very important. Very simple stuff. People um, mention to me that when I channel these beings, it's very simple, but it's the bottom line. And it's coming from authority, a level of authority that understands exactly. (laughs) So... I I know that we can look back, even myself, I'm looking back at just things or maybe comments I've made where it has come from fear or projecting along fear. And so what the creator beings are saying is this must be an immaculate awareness in that pivot point, seeing that pivot point. I did visualize that flag as well and seeing it flutter, but the true empowerment really does come from maintaining that beingness, that joy, that radiation of love. And you're right, it's not, it sounds simple, but that doesn't mean it's easy. So this (laughs) has really assisted us. And so, and again, you've said it so well, this joy, maintaining this joy within us, I do see that already happening. And certainly everyone listening to this has done that work and we get it. And that's beautiful because this time is now and we've all been, we've all incarnated for this lifetime. It is that phrase, we are the ones we are waiting for and it's our vibration. Yeah. It so is. And I'm being told to say also that as we hold our vibration high, our spirit lineage of our soul mentors, each of us has a lineage of soul mentors that walk with us in every lifetime. They can come through us Mm. and spread consciousness, training. Uh, That, again, is that next higher level that next highest step so each one of you listening has a lineage of mentors in the worlds of spirit who are supporting you walking with you in this virtual reality game and as you raise your vibration they can come through for you to support others this is the game this is the joy that's a a higher level of joy to experience is there anything you'd like to add about that pivot point between fear and self-realization. My spirit teams are laughing because they're saying, this is a university subject. (laughs) Excuse me. It's just a year's worth of training. (laughs) Uh, Let's just uh, take a little look. So they're saying that Well, the very first thing they're saying is to ask your spirit mentors, each of you have spirit mentors, they are listening to you. (laughs) And if you inside yourself turn around and ask your spirit mentors to help you turn up the volume of the noticing, of your noticing if you're in fear or in self-empowerment, see, that's the pivot point, the noticing. Um, And that encourages and amplifies your choosing because if you don't notice that you're in fear you can't choose differently so in the very 
beginning like um, 30 years ago, I was doing a lot of therapy work and I also was speaking clearly with the worlds of spirit at the time as well. And interestingly, I would invite my spirit mentors. I don't use the word spirit guides much because they mentor me in great detail rather than just guide me. <clears throat> so these spirit mentors, I was asking them to help me get clearer about my inner state. And so they started to let me know when my inner state went down. So they would, I would ask them and say, what am I feeling right now? And look, many people who start therapy understand that when you enter therapy for the first time, one of the very first trainings that you go through is identifying what you're feeling because most people don't even turn around inside themselves to even ask themselves the question of what am I feeling? They're just living their lives and in a hurry and very busy. And so we screech to a halt in therapy and we start turning inside our, towards ourselves and asking us, ourselves and identifying inside ourselves, what am I feeling? Because it begins a process of awareness and taking control of our inner state and starting to choose what that inner state uh, needs to be. And so I... I used my connections with my spirit mentors where they would help me identify. And so what I'm saying here for people listening is, hey, guys, why, why not? It's a shortcut. Invite your spirit mentors who can see the entire circuit board of your electromagnetic field, of your internal consciousness. Not only can they see all the lifetimes that your soul has been in, but they can see your emotional circuit boards, your thinking circuit boards, and your deep unconscious circuit, circuit boards so these are buddies that are here to support you and help you as you walk and talk in this 3D virtual reality. And so if you're wanting to start observing that inner pivot point and to start making choices around your inner state, why not turn to your inner spirit mentors, nice little tip here for you, and ask them to help you observe what you're feeling. They can help you have a recognition moment. You can even turn to them and ask them, what am I feeling right now? Is this fear or am I feeling sad? Isn't that crazy, Loren, that um, a human needs to even learn or relearn how to observe what they're feeling? It is kind of crazy, but it is the truth. We are uh, childhood and early adulthood we're getting really numbed down and concreted around our ability to be self-aware. So there's a huge mm. learning curve around and retraining of awareness of what we're even experiencing on the inside. Yeah. So sometimes working with spirit mentors and reaching out to them and asking, guys, can you help me <clears throat> even drop back into that center point, into that still point? which they can actually do. They can tweak some of that circuitry and just pull you back in. This is a little, a little training right now in mentorship and partnering with them, which I've, I'm just big on that. I really am big on partnering with your spirit mentors and reaching out to them and getting them walking with you, um, not seeing them as something lofty at all, but, some, but more like a buddy like a life buddy who can support you, who can support your state. So <clears throat> mm. 
I really encourage that. I encourage you to reach out to your spirit mentors and let them know that you need help to lift, to raise your vibration. You need help to lift up and out of a sense of disempowerment maybe, or a sense of maybe enrage, enragement, or you might be needing help to lift out of a sense of, who knows, you can feel what's inside of you, but if it's not optimal, you've got a life buddy that's walking with you, a team of them, and if you turn to them um, and ask them to flick a few switches in your circuit board, honestly, genuinely, it works. I do like to say, I, I get a little bit brutal, and I know you've got a fairly advanced audience here, but I do want to say that there's going to be a day where you notice that the world of spirit is more real than this physical dimension, and that's the day that you pass over into the back into the world of spirit. Uh. Um, <clears throat> so me talking about reaching out to the world of spirit and making them part of your daily routine of chatting to them and asking them for specific changes. This is not a small thing. This is about getting used to being mentored by these beings who will be there on the other side to meet you and greet you when you pass over. So it's actually real. Um, and it's a smart thing to do. We are all connecting now deeply listening to the words that you shared and the creator being shared because our ability to stop ourselves and, and ask, am I in fear or love in this moment? That is so powerful. And then asking for help to shift it again, simple, but so profound and very, very helpful, especially now. Mm. I just want to say that it sounds very simple, but that partnership can develop into you becoming the, the greatest soul expression in your full potential in this lifetime. So that tiny little reaching towards them, getting them to help you uh, shift out of an inner state, that's just the welcome mat to you starting to awaken and building a highway of communication with them, uh, with your spirit teams, um, who are vast light scientists, who understand electromagnetics, who understand how your electromagnetic field is generating your state. This is not just a tiny little small thing. This is actually a major thing. And on your request, hopefully daily, they can begin to genuinely shift you upwards in your vibration to the point where you are maxing out your potential in this lifetime. Just saying, this is a big thing. Yeah. Wow, that feels really good. Requesting daily for that to happen. That is a true partnership and a great remembrance of truly who we are. And so I do see that happening. Again, the advanced people listening to this are ready to do that, have been doing it. And we can all see how it affects our collective. So we keep our eyes on the prize of this higher self connection and this new earth that's coming, that's here. 
Mm. And it's spectacular, very inspiring today, and very good tools for each of us to continue to use in our lives and to share out with those as well. We're transmuting and transcending so much in this whole journey. Thank you, Alicia and creator beings. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lorraine. Thank you for allowing us to speak the truth. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening. This is an amazing moment where we choose love. Amen. Might it be. Next, we hear about the Earth Constitution. Dr. Glenn Martin is a philosophy professor, and he is promoting the Earth Constitution. Here's my interview. We are all one. We are all one. We are being shown that our actions certainly affect one another. And the political events of recent are very transformational. So Dr. Martin, can you please share your reaction to the events that unfolded in this last week and how the Earth Constitution can be ushered in in these coming years? Uh, that's that's a very good question. It's very difficult to um, understand these complex events that have taken place, but but uh, uh, it it involves something that does point to wholeness and dialogue. Right? People, something tragic has happened. The capital has been desecrated. Uh, uh, people have died. They're, they've used violence and. Uh, and uh, this has, at least in many cases, uh, with a few exceptions, it has re- made politicians think that we really need to uh, think in terms of unity. We need to begin dialoguing with logging with oneself and with ourselves, and uh, uh, we need to be thinking in new ways. Uh, the The Earth Constitution uh, says that most fundamentally we have to begin looking at ourselves as human beings on this planet, that we're all human, we're all part of the web of life on this planet. And unless we really can think from that starting point, uh, we, we don't have a credible future. Uh, and uh, the, the, the people who are dialoguing with one another, uh, it, it gives hope that maybe here in the United States, they will begin uh, not only recognizing, uh, engaging in mutual recognition, that, that's very important for dialogue. You can't other the other person, you can't alienate them, right? We've got to engage in mutual recognition and that can be a seven stone to doing it for the world as well. There's great concern in Washington that the Trump era has alienated us from the rest of the world in many ways. And, and, and so this concern for internal dialogue within the United States, hopefully will also spread out into an external dialogue with the people of earth and, and will it'll be drawing us together as we hope the age of Aquarius might help us uh, in this movement. 
Yes, so beautiful. And I love that you're feeling hope. That's the key word. We're seeing that transformation. To, li- to hear our leaders, I mean, I know we've heard our leaders talk about unity and togetherness and, and bipartisanship, but this is a whole new level. It is. Uh, it's, it's a whole new level. And, uh, but I, I think that, that hope is something that, is, uh, that can merge from what we're seeing very clearly. But hope is also something that is not dependent on concrete factual events, right? Hope stems from our inner spirit as human beings, our, 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 our contact with the cosmic ground of being with God, if you will. And, and uh, uh, so if, if things look tragic on the surface, on the empirical surface, that doesn't uh, interfere with the de- depths of hope. Hope, hope will be there anyway, and and uh, the vision of how it could be different, how it could be transformed. But it, you're right. It, 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 to see the way people are thinking now, the be, uh, Biden's talking about reuniting the country and so on, reestablishing good relationship with the rest of the world. Let's 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 look at that as as a very positive thing. We've been saying that it's really time to get creative for new earth solutions, for the new way forward. And this will be fun as it becomes revealed um, ideas that people have to take care of people in need, uh, people who don't have a bed to sleep on, and also the earth herself. And I wanna talk a little bit about the new earth constitution The Earth Constitution Institute, which is what you've founded, is committed to a transformed future, which is why we embrace the new reality of holism and interdependence in this digital age. And I want to share these points that this is really a world in which the human rights and dignity of every person on Earth is respected, where the most important decisions are made by humanity together and democratically. It is a world without war, where conflicts are resolved peacefully, and where the commons, such as forests, oceans, atmosphere, ecosystem, and space are sustainably preserved and governed with everyone's best interests. Tell us your mission and motivation between, and how you came to bring forward this earth constitution? I've been a philosopher uh, all my adult life. Right? I, I got a PhD in philosophy and I started at Radford University in 1985. And I was always concerned with peace. Uh, during the Vietnam War, when I was subject to the draft, I was a conscientious objector. I refused to go in the military. Uh, and as, so as a philosopher, I, I, I've been, I've, all my life I've been thinking about what is it that constitutes peace? How do we find peace on human beings? And a peace, of course, means not just the absence of war. It means the fullness of life, uh, our ability to live with one another and love one another and, and love nature. And uh, 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 so without peace as a groundwork, the, the other potentialities that we have as a human being are not going to flourish in my view. Uh, so I, I studied Buddhism and spiritual traditions 
Uh, and I realized uh, as in my the first decades of my uh, quest um, that that uh, the spirituality, spiritual growth, and transformation has to be a, an essential component of peace. And, and I I studied e um, economic systems and political systems and the and the history of the world as a as a perpetual history of wars and conflicts and so on in many ways. Uh, and I realized that transformation of the systems of the world, the war system uh, that perpetuates itself and what they call peace in that system is just not fighting, but never getting rid of the, the uh, grounds that make war continuously uh, come up again and again in human history. And uh, so we need uh, spiritual transformation. We need system transformation. And in 1995, I one of the magazines that I that I uh, subscribed to at that time, Indie Times, happened to have a full page ad on the Earth Constitution, and uh, and uh, it was headquartered then in Denver, Colorado. I I saw that and I was struck that this is it, because it unites us all in a very real way. Right? It's not just an ideal, but to create a democratic world order under an earth constitution is real community, real uniting of human beings, economically, politically, and making possible spiritual uniting as well. So, you know, I called them up and I went out there immediately in Denver and met the people. And since that time, since 1995, I've been with them all the time working on, on this project. And it, it involves, as you know, Lauren, the Earth Constitution, right? The, the Constitution would all, had already been written and finished in 1995. And I began to study it and, uh, and you know, interact with all the people who were supporting it in chapters around the world. And uh, and uh, it has become, to me, a key solution that I, that I spend night and day, 24-7, so, uh, I send, promoting this. You know, ho hopefully, this is part of the grounds for a real hope for transformation and, and redemption of our world, you know, creating a really, truly new world for everybody. It resonates so deeply within me as well. In the spiritual community, some have said, there's no way we can get to new earth with politics. But before we get there, politics in a political transformation is necessary. That's what you feel. It's part of the puzzle. Everything's part of the puzzle. Well, I've been in my books and articles, uh, I've been, I write about the holistic approach. Um, it, it is... Uh, it is not just one approach among the others, but as I, you may know, it, it, it is part of a, a, a total paradigm shift that has been taking place throughout much of the 20th century and into the 21st century. Uh, and the, the fragmentation of our world, the, the lack of holism of our world, uh, the world system that we uh, now uh, are, have inherited, uh, came about through the 16th and 17th centuries 
when uh, Newton had created the Newtonian worldview, so to speak, uh, uh, from the evidence that they then had in early modern science. And this Newtonian worldview looked at everything atomistically, as if everything was a separate, independent body, an atom. And it was mechanistic, it was atomistic, it, was, it, it uh, uh, didn't leave any room for freedom or spirit or mind. And it was, it was simply a, a false paradigm. But, but the nation state system, the idea that we live in today, 193 independent militarized states with absolute borders, recognizing no enforceable law above themselves is a product of that early modern fragmented view. It's, it's fragmented to its very core, institutionally fragmented. And the same with unrestrained capitalism, which doesn't mean that we can't have free markets, but they have to be fair markets. They have to be markets that are that help everybody and in the common good. They they can't just be markets that create one percent of the world's population own, owning fifty percent of its wealth as as we have today. And that that isn't holism. That that's fragmentation. And and uh, so. In the uh, beginning with Einstein and in 1905 with the special theory of relativity through quantum physics uh, uh, over and over again, science has been discovering the holism of the universe, that we are not independent of one another. We're all interrelated, inter, inter, uh, 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 connected in multiple ways that make us part of one another. And of course, that's what love does too. Love, love makes us part of one another, right? So that, that the holistic transformational view that science is discovering uh, is, is perfectly consistent with the classical spiritual realization that we need to be loving one another and, and developing our love uh, um, coming from the uh, foundations of the universe from God and, and flowing out through us to one another uh, in, in what the Christians call agape, right? the, the non-attached, non-discriminatory love of, of Jesus and so on. Um, so so uh, uh, what the earth constitution does is embody that holism. You probably read the uh, the preamble to the Earth Constitution, but but uh, r remember the second last paragraph of the preamble, right? It says, conscious that humanity is one, despite the existence of diverse nations, races, creeds, ideologies, and cultures, and that the principle of unity in diversity is the basis for a new age, when war shall be outlawed and peace prevail and worth when the earth's total resources shall be equitably used for human welfare. To me, that, that strikes to the very bottom of my heart, you know, to, to those words. And, and that's, the, that's the philosophical conceptual basis for the whole earth constitution, right? The, the unity and diversity of all people. It really is this era of diplomacy for all life, human and all life diplomacy. Yes, I, I, uh, my, I have a book coming out uh, uh, in about three months called uh, Design for a Living Planet. 
the Earth Constitution solution. And uh, and a living planet uh, is the book uh, shows and draws on all kinds of literature to show the, the a living planet means all of life, right? That we have to be in harmony with the biosphere of our planet, with the ecosystems, with the other living creatures. We, we cannot just be this dominant uh, thing that uses them as we see fit. We have to learn to live within the ecosystem, within the harmony with the other creatures on this planet. And it brings to mind Costa Rica. Are you familiar <laughs> with Costa Rica? Oh, I've been there many times, yeah. <laughs> And yep. they've done away with their military. Okay. They've done yep. away with their military and um, they protect their environment. You cannot cut a tree down without a permit. Yeah, yeah. 30% of Costa Rica is protected forests and lands and wildlife and so on. And they did away with their military in 1948, you know, decades and decades ago. And they've had no military ever since. Beautiful place. I mean, that's just remarkable. All right. And so implementing the Earth Constitution, first of all, what do you think the challenge is or what needs to be done? And what can all of us each individually, those listening to this podcast, what can we each do? So that's a two-part question. Mm. Well, uh, of course, you you can go on the website, right? And uh, it's www.earthconstitution.world and and uh, there you can f- see things to do you know uh, joining joining uh, us uh, uh, as a member and so on um, we we are uh, right now we're planning the next session of the provisional world parliament which will be in New Delhi in December, opening on December 10th, Human Rights Day of this year, uh, 2021. And, and uh, under Article 19 of the Earth Constitution, which I think is, is a brilliant thing, uh, we are empowered as human beings to start the world government now, the democratic world government now, we do not have to wait until ratification, final ratification of the constitution. Uh, and that's, that's what the uh, Provisional World Parliament is part of. It, uh, there have been 14 previous sessions of the parliament. First one was in 1982. And, and this new session will be will be meeting together people from around the world will be coming together in this historic moment and what we will be doing is uh, examining proposed world legislative acts and debating them and and passing them or not as according to our votes and so on but we're modeling for the world what needs to be done, right? All these world legislative acts are in conformity with the Earth Constitution, which provides the framework under which we're operating. So they have to be consistent with universal human rights and human uh, and uh, uh, protecting the environment and uh, uh, demilitarizing the world, creating world peace, all these things that are in the Constitution already. So one of the things I invite people to do is to become a member 
you can go on the website, become a member very easily uh, just by, you know, filling out your information there. And, and uh, if, if you really want to uh, um, contribute something, come to Delhi in, in uh, for the 15th session of the Provisional World Parliament. It'll be an incredible event. And uh, I'll be there, of course. And, uh, uh, and we'll, it, it's, it's part of our effort to transform the world. We can't wait for those who don't want it transformed, those who now benefit from the world system to do it. They're not gonna do it, they, they benefit from it. Uh, so one of the things that the constitution mandates is that we define 1000 electoral districts around the world. Uh, the, the world population divided fairly evenly among these 1000 electoral districts. And what, what, right now, what uh, our, one of our projects is that we are uh, exploring the possibility uh, and the reality of uh, creating blockchain digital I, um, identities for WCPA members around the world so that they, can, they will be able to engage in, in secure online voting. And through secure online voting, as this is elaborated, and we're working on it right now as we speak, as this is elaborated, uh, people will have will be in their electoral district, and they'll be able to engage in online voting. And through that, we're creating a virtual world auditorium, where the virtual world parliament will be able to meet. And we hope to have that well along by the end of this year, by the time the Provisional World Parliament is, 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 uh, comes into being, uh, um, so that some of our delegates from uh, around the world, from these electoral districts, will have been chosen to represent the, the, their district at the parliament. Right? So we're actually, we're actually doing it. We're actually creating the infrastructure for a transformed world system, a future world of peace and justice and sustainability. And it's not just something that popped up. It's been going on. You've been with this mission for some time, right? Since 1995. Yeah. And that's how long this has been there. And so the time really seems to be at hand for this. Um, you can get a copy of the Earth Constitution at earthconstitution.world. Mm -hmm. And it's almost as if we should each, if we wanted to also send it to our state representatives and our state senators and just land it on their desk somehow. Absolutely. It's, it's, available, um, it's available in a little pocket edition, which is very handy. It's very... And, and uh, these are good for sending, I've sent hundreds of them around the world to people, you know, and, uh, uh, and it's, it's very handy. It, if you get a digital edition, it's fine, but, but to be able to carry this around and actually open it and read it is, is very nice. I, I like it. Uh, so I use that pocket edition myself all the time. Very good. You've said a lot of things and we're going to come back and talk with you again in the future in a place where our audience can ask you questions perhaps, because I know this is opening up some big questions. You know, and on your website, there is a whole list of people in the past, including Einstein, John F. Kennedy, Gandhi, who support this one world government. On the flip side, there is a negative connotation that 
one world government, new world order. This is not new world order. This is something different. Can you clarify? Uh, yeah. So uh, the, the George H. Bush, the first George Bush, uh, who was elected uh, after Ronald Reagan, um, uh, in, uh, talked about the new world order. And of course, he, he was a representative of the ruling elite in the United States, uh, which is part of the ruling elite in the world. People who are super rich with corporations that are super rich and powerful uh, with the World Bank and the other banking cartels that control the money systems in the world. Uh, all of these uh, are, were part of what he meant when he said we need a global world order right? It, it is a global world order of domination, continued exploitation, the global, the people of the global south, continual poverty for people in Africa, South America, South Asia, places where I've been many times and, uh, and seen for myself uh, how they are incapable of getting out of poverty because of this world system that they live in. That's the new world order that, uh, uh, but, but, uh, uh, what what the Constitution does, I, I use the word system, uh, a world system rather than a world order, just to distinguish between the two. The, the Constitution gives us a democratic world system, right? The World Bank is not democratic. The World Trade Organization is not democratic. None of these global institutions are. The banking cartels are private profit-making undemocratic. Uh, but the Constitution democratizes it all. It democratizes economics. It democratizes banking, global public banking in the service of the common good of the people of earth, not in the service of the 1% or the super rich and so on. That's, that's transformative, right? That, that's, uh, uh, and, and if we in, who are concerned with spiritual development and spiritual growth and spiritual transformation, if we don't, simultaneously transform the institutions, the, the chances of our being successful are much diminished because what we need to do is take the domination of these world institutions away from the hand, out of the hands of the 1%, the super rich and the super powerful, and, and put them in the hands of real democracy, real democratically elected leader, uh, leaders of the people of earth. So what we're doing, it, it, you know, some people have said, well, this is top down, but it's not really because it's, it's, you've got to have both bottom up and top down. We're empowering the grassroots people of the earth by, by giving them a constitution, which puts power into their hands so that they can create a decent future. The ordinary person on the earth doesn't want poverty, they don't want war, they don't want environmental destruction, and they don't understand why these things can't be addressed. But one of the reasons why they can't be addressed is because of this new world order of domination that they're trying to perpetuate, the global private banking and so on. It just simply, we won't succeed unless we take, we the people, take control through genuine democracy, which has to include, of course, real respect for one another, real love, real uh, uh, sense of uh, communication with one another, not just using, not, not lies, not manipulation, 
uh, but but a real transformation, uh, a simultaneous transformation of the institutions by which we govern ourselves and our our inner relationship to one another, which has to be one of love and respect and kindness and compassion. That's yes, those are all the qualities of new earth. Those are new earth, or we could even go spiritual and say fifth dimensional frequencies. And when we look at the way the planet is moving, she is ascending. She is in unity consciousness through the solstice gateway. And so we, the people can be there and join her. And we've seen some help from the cosmic realm as well as we go through this shift. This is heart-based living that you're describing. And when you look out at it, are you seeing that I mean, it's my hope that people just suddenly wake up to this and have that. It seems like yeah. that is happening. Yeah, people speak of the second axial period, right? The second, there was the first axial period 2000 years ago when we became self-aware. The second axial period is, is the emergence of global awareness, of global consciousness. And uh, I think we're in that period. And I think there's great hope because of that. Well, that is very inspiring and it brings great hope. So moving forward, what would you say your vision in these next months? Well, well it, you know, in terms of the transformation that is possibly taking place in politics in the United States, so where uh, um, Biden says he wants unity, wants to heal and so on, uh, uh, if you look at Biden's record uh, as vice president, uh, um, he, he, he uh, was not very able or very concerned to transform the war system of the world, right? To, to find ways to begin eliminating nuclear weapons, to find ways to uh, bring the world together in peace systems and so on. And I'm, I'm hoping that uh, the influence of people like Bernie Sanders and uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and, and the people who have real vision in my view in, in the US Congress will have an impact and influence on Biden so that he begins to see that we need planetary transformation as well as transformation within the politics of the US. Uh, and, uh, and of course, our work in the World Constitution and Parliament Association and the Earth Constitution Institute uh, will try to be promoting those things. We're talking to uh, Prime Minister Modi in India as we speak. He's going to be essential if we're going to hold the next session of the World Provision of World Parliament there in New Delhi, right, where, where he works. Uh, and and we're, we're inviting world leaders to come to this and world leaders to begin to think in terms of, of uh, planetary consciousness and planetary democracy. So, so uh, you know, we're, what we're, we're not be able to direct the course of history, none of us are, but we're able to be in harmony with the spirit, with the, with the cosmic forces that are there behind history and we can ma help maximize their effectiveness and their in the rapidity of their transformational powers, I think. Wonderful, beautiful. 
Well, um, let's talk then, you know, with what we've been through in the past year, uh, you know, there's conspiracy theories out there about coronavirus, how it started, what the whole mission is. We've heard the word pandemic. I'd like your take on it because it seems if we take a zoom out role here and look at our planet, that there was actually a higher purpose around this. It was almost as if the coronavirus and how it woke us up into, we are affecting one another. Plus it has the whole world looking at one thing and sharing that one thing. It's almost as if the coronavirus is the unity code. What are your thoughts on that? Wow. <laughs> um, uh, you should wear a mask. I want to say that. <laughs> it's, it's very dangerous and, and uh, contagious. Uh, but uh, um, uh, it, uh, you know, I've, I've written a couple of articles about the coronavirus, you know, in relationship to our work and so on. Um, it, it, it uh, whether or not what that where it came from and how it arose uh, is uh, is only part of a picture that epidemiology has has shown us that we live in a world full of viruses and, and many of them with potential pandemic uh, powers and uh, uh, and the ju jumping of viruses from the animal realm or the jumping of viruses out of these bioweapons labs wherever it came from. Is, is very possible. And, and unless human beings are joined uh, in uh, our, our common concern to make sure the health of everybody and the health of our children is protected, right? And the ep epidemiology knows how to do this, right? It knows, uh, but we, we found ourselves in a world that was disjointed and fragmented and not prepared at all. And I think you're right, Lauren, that uh, this has been a wake up call for us. Uh, it, uh, whether it's cosmic or not, I don't know, but, but it's like something has happened to us. Someone has slapped us in the face uh, uh, as, a, as a human beings and said, look at you, got to start thinking differently. You've got to uh, realize that after this pandemic, you can't go back to business as usual. You know, there's got to be a new, new thinking, new world, new spirit uh, that emerges from this. So, so in that sense, if that if that's what you you mean, I, I I very much agree. I think uh, um, it gives us a chance to to call into question the old systems, including the economic system and the political system that. Uh, we've inherited from three centuries ago that need to be transformed. It gives us a chance to call into question our our attitudes, our spiritual attitudes of selfishness and uh, and uh, hate and fear of uh, others and so on. It gives us a chance to really blossom as human beings and look forward to a new way of living on this planet. The higher perspective offers us that view, this chance to take a look at how, you know, what, what we've seen in this, um, this pandemic is that we've broken free from old patterns yeah. and we start to care about uh, the restaurants that we love and you support them. People are tipping more or just the same as they were in the past. You know, I know there's people hurting out there and that's opening our hearts to how we assist them. 
So I just see that as a good sign as well and and very hopeful for all of us. And that's what we like to keep the eyes on the prize of is the unity. And we're seeing it come together. So your vision of the world, can you share that with us as we wrap up? I, I think that the innermost sanctum of human consciousness cannot be gotten into language. It's, it, it, but it, it can be an object of direct awareness, of direct perception. And, and uh, this, this, but this is what, one of the things that makes it difficult for us to spiritually actualize our lives because uh, we, we continually confuse what we can be said, what can be gotten into language with this direct immediacy that's there in all of us which I call the spirit, the human spirit. The, and and, uh, um, and the, the, the spirit, since it's there in all of us, uh, is, as it emerges, it emerges through our interaction with other people. Right? After all, other people, we look at other people and we don't see their spirit. We see their, it, it, but we look into their eyes and their face and it's the eyes and the face that, that, sort of speak, speak that spirit, right? That, that emanate that spirit. But if you were to open up the, their brains, you wouldn't find any spirit. You find just gray matter there, right? So there's, a, the, there's this, this special unsayable reality that's there in all of us. And it's that that as each of us comes in contact with our own unsayable uniqueness, we recognize this in others and we begin to live in community with the others who we recognize this in. And since it's there in all of us, the, the trajectory and the imperative is that we create a global human community, that we don't reject anybody, what, no matter what the color of their skin or their language or their nation of origin, we, we reject nobody, but we recognize all of us as, as uh, children, so to speak, children of God and made in the image of God. And, and uh, so that, that's my, you know, my vision of, uh, of what we're capable of and who we are. And I think that the Earth Constitution, because it's global institutional change beyond fragmentism, fragmentism to holism, the Earth Constitution helps make that human community possible. It opens up, it, it, it removes the structural, the institutional barriers. It removes the, the war preparations. It removes the economic exploitation. And it makes possible for us to treat one another as fully human beings uh, um, rather than as p- potential enemies or, or, uh, or threats in one way or the other. So I guess, I don't know if that is what you wanted or not, but. But I think that that's part of my vision for uh, who we are and what we are and what our, our hope for the future is. Dr. Glenn Martin, thank you so much. You are a professor of philosophy and you are spearheading efforts for the Earth Constitution. We invite our audience to check out earthconstitution.world. Thank you so much for this message today. It's been a pleasure be talking with you, Laura. Thank you.
thank you too for listening and holding the heart space with us as we move through these times on planet Earth. Your love matters. And we thank you for radiating it within your heart and sharing it with the world. If you'd like to be a part of our new Earth community, we are sharing together, collaborating together, and offering support for all things New Earth. You can join our membership and be part of a new show coming this year in 2021. It is The Now Show, and you can join our Zoom studio audience as we pre-record these segments before they broadcast out to the world. This is a fun way to come together to share and laugh. You can purchase a monthly membership or a single individual ticket. And if you would like assistance in connecting with your higher self, consider a WellPoint hypnosis session with myself as I facilitate that connection between you and your higher self. That is available in my special offer. And of course, there are special offers from our guests, and this supports not only you and your community as you raise your vibration, but it also supports the teachers who bring the information as well. This is a community-supported network and we love you. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back with part two with Jean Ang, Don Crystal, and a message from Judy Callie. Namaste. Namaste.